Hello, Duffy's Tavern. What are you late, Mason? Archie's speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. What am I doing? I'm in the Columbia workshop. What am I in for? Duffy, I said workshop. Yeah. Tonight, I am an artist. Yeah, uh, uh, actor. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a thing called uh, Miracle in Manhattan. What do you mean? If it's good, it'll be a miracle. Duffy, you ain't got no Christmas spirit, that's all. Who, whose idea is it? Well, it's uh, Columbia's Western Program Director. He, he dreamed it up. Yeah, it's Charlie Vanden. He's a friend of mine. Came to New York on a bus, a, 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 a bus, a busman's holiday from, from Hollywood. Yeah, he's directing it, too. Well, it, I don't know, it starts like all Christmas plays. You know, the band plays Silent Night, and we're into it. From here? Certainly from here. Uh, six bits, mister. Okay. Let's sort of take it easy, like. I want to take a gander to town. Okay. Want a little music? I'll turn on the radio. Go ahead. I'll try to get you something different. Now you'd think there was nothing else on the air tonight. Oh, get that, will you? Listen to that enough to drive a guy nuts. I'm sorry, mister. I guess this is all we're going to get. Over and over and over. Doesn't bother me. Matter of fact, I kind of like it. No kidding? Sure. It's Christmas music. Heck, this is Christmas Eve. Well, I'll, I'll be frank with you. To me, Christmas Eve is nothing but a first-class headache. Yeah? Yeah, what have you got? Slippery streets, a bunch of screwy people with too many drinks under their belts. I tell you, a cab driver's got to watch his step on a night like this. So, so it's December 24th. So all of a sudden, everybody goes wacky. You never know what's liable to happen. <laughs> Maybe you got something there. Yeah, everybody's got packages under their arms. You know, a lot of nice little packages. So they can't reach for the tip. Ah. 
Well, mister, you said you want to see the town. Uh, what's on the menu first? Uh, how's about starting off with Park Avenue? Oh, no, just drive. Oh, wait a minute. Pull in over there. By that little church, you mean? Yeah. I'd like to sort of drop in. You know, besides, are people funny sometimes. I've never figured you with the regular type. Oh, just curious, that's all. Well, go to the doctor. Hey, how about coming in with me? Huh? Oh, nah. <laughs> nah, not me. I ain't been to church for so long, I... I wouldn't know how to act. Well, I ain't been to church much either, but Christmas Eve is Christmas Eve. Well, like I told you, mister, my racket one night ain't much different than the next. The music ought to be nice. Are you kidding? Now, listen, count me out. I'll just sit out here in the cab and listen to the meter tick. That's music enough for me. I'll pay the damages. No, no, no. Go, you go ahead. I'll, I'll wait out here. It's warm inside. What are you, Mr. Missionary? Oh, no. I just want company. Come on. Well, you're paying the freight. Let's go. Gee, you, you never go to church, huh? Nah, you, you see, there's the kind that does and the kind that don't. I'm the kind that don't. Did you ever pray? Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, they used to teach us all kinds of prayers. Our Father, what art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy... Uh, I don't know, I forget the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Hey, that's kind of pretty, ain't it? Mm hmm. If you like that kind of thing. Yeah, let's, let's sit near the back. Hey, man. Well, them people had an awful quiet, ain't they? Yeah. I guess this is one of the last places left where people can come and think. Think, huh? Uh, what are they thinking about? Well, you're, you're just one of the people, too. What are you thinking about? Me? Oh, well, us cabbies is different from most people. I guess all we ever think about is where we're going to get another fare. Is that all? Even on Christmas Eve? What else is there to think about? Oh, all kinds of things. Spatial things. Sort of <laughs> wonderful things. Look, mister, this ain't for me. I, I, I get the heebie-jeebies in this joint. I'll meet you out in a cab, huh? All right, I'll go along. Hey, what are you doing? The sign is, uh, helps the poor, don't it? Well, it didn't do you much good to have that meter ticking over out there in the cab. You aren't going to break even. All right, so I don't break even. Forget it. Maybe that was a sucker. Let's get going, huh? Same tone. Oh, don't worry. 
I told you I liked it. Well, of course, that's your own finagative, but you made Glenn Miller playing that Chattanooga show show. <laughs> what is traffic stuff tonight? Christmas. Paper, get your Christmas Eve edition. Yeah, paper. Hey, Kirby, you think you could pull out of this traffic line for a minute? I want to pick up a paper. Well, you're in the right neighborhood for a paper, Missy. You can buy it from little Jimmy Turn over Jimmy there. Jimmy Turner? Yeah, a little crippled guy. Newest boy. Ain't walked in years, but always got a smile for us, Cabby. That's why we like to bring him business. That's him over there in the corner. Paper, Christmas Eve edition, paper. Crippled, huh? Wait a minute, I'll get your paper. Please. Hey, hey, hold on. I'll go with you. Express paper. Paper, mister? Oh, hiya, Lefty. Sorry, Christmas. Same to you, Jimmy. How's business? Half sold out already. Hey, honestly. Hmm, thanks, Jimmy. We'll be seeing you, Jimmy. We've got to get along. You know. Look, Lefty. One of my customers threw me a nickel rolled out in the street there. You want to get it for me? Oh, sure, Jimmy. I'll get it. Why don't you walk over and get the nickel yourself, Jimmy? Oh, what are you trying to give me, mister? You got eyes you can see, can't you? Yeah, and you got legs. You can move your eyes. Uh, how long since you tried to walk? As long as I can remember. I ain't chicken. I can yell. Mm, I heard you. You sure can. Bet your life I can. That's all I need for this racket. On a quiet night when I ain't too much traffic around where they can hear me two blocks away. Yeah. Clear up to 53rd Street. And that's important in my business. Oh, sure it is. Tell me, Jimmy, what do you want for Christmas? What do I want? <laughs> I already got my Christmas present last October. Last October? No kidding. Uh-huh. When the Yanks won the pennant. Boy, they paralyzed them. You, you like the Yanks, huh? I'll say I do. And mainly because of one guy. Joseph Maggio. Paper, mister? Is this the latest edition? The very latest. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the man's the greatest baseball player in the world. Well, you want to hear me yell at he's in a headline. Oh, driver. That cabin gauge? Sorry, mister. It's all tied up. Thanks. I'll get another one. Hey, Jimmy. Yeah? You know who that was? That was Joe himself. Joe DiMaggio. No kidding. Oh, gee, I, I didn't recognize Jose DiMaggio in his street clothes. Oh, gee. Come on, Cabby. We gotta stop him. Hey, Imagio. Hey. Did you call me? Gee, excuse me for yelling at you, but I had to stop you. You see, you you've got quite some mire over there in that news kid. That's so? all? Yeah. As a matter of fact, if, if he could shake hands with you, I I think it'd be the swellest Christmas present he could ever get. Really? Yeah. Honest. Would you mind? Certainly not. Come on. Just a minute, Joe. Let him walk over to you. What's that, kid? Oh, you need somebody like you to, well, call him and see. I don't get it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, Jimmy. Yeah? There's a friend of yours here. He wants you to walk over and shake hands with him. Yeah, but... Okay, can't you see? Come on, Jimmy. Come on over here and shake hands. No, I just... I, I can't. I... Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Cabby. I don't like crowds. Let's get out of here. I'm walking. Hey, careful, Cabby. Watch this crowd. Take it easy. I'm sorry, mister, but it's a wonder I know what I'm doing. 
I swear I'm dizzy. What's the matter? That kid back there. I seen him sitting on a corner like that for six years. And now he's walking. Well, maybe he could have walked all the time. Yeah. You're the smart one. You did it. Giving him the will to walk. Tell him that that was Joe DiMaggio. Well, it was. Listen, look, it's all right to fool a kid, but I know better. That wasn't DiMaggio. It wasn't, huh? No, it couldn't have been. Maybe it looked like him, but it wasn't him. No? No. Of course not, of course. Only this morning I read about him in the papers. It says that Joe DiMaggio was spending Christmas with his family in San Francisco. that thing ever stop? Well, I hope you like it. Nothing I seem to be able to do about it. Hey, what's all the excitement? Oh, oh, say, that's something that ought to be worth seeing. I heard about it earlier this evening. There's a guy up on a window ledge down on the 22nd floor. Claims he's going to jump off at 11 o'clock. Hey, wait a minute. Listen to them chimes. Yeah, that's a quarter to 11 now. Guy's got 15 minutes to go, if he keeps his word. Look, look at it, got a spotlight on him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they don't want to miss nothing. Guys don't do this every night in a week, you know. This guy must be off his bean, huh? Who is he? Oh, some guy used to be an actor, they tell me. Certainly hugging a spotlight for this performance, huh? Gabby, you think we can get into this hotel? Huh? You mean you don't want to stay outside here and watch? I want to get inside right away. Listen, who are you anyway? You a newspaper reporter? Well, maybe. Well, listen, there's cops all around. You can't... Well, wait, I, I, I tell you, I got an idea. You walk in the front door with me behind you, see? They'll, they'll think you live there and that I'm going to carry your luggage out. Oh, good. Come on. Look at that. It's disgusting. Look at them coats. I'm telling you that that's the kind of a thing that can only happen on a night like this. Especially when the kid says that they got cops guarding the room. And besides, you can't... Come on. See? Look at it. Just like I told you. Three cops in front of the door. Ain't got a chance of getting in there. Come on, before they kick us out. What's a try? Maybe one of us will make it. Right down. Here we are. Yeah, just a minute. Where do you think you're going, Tabby? I'm just following my friend here. You let him through, didn't you? Uh, we didn't let nobody through, and we ain't letting nobody through. We got orders that nobody's to go into this room. 
You, you mean to say that you guys didn't see nobody go into that room just now? Yeah, of course we didn't, because nobody went in. Huh? You must be drunk, buddy. I'll run along and sit and wait for Santa Claus to come down the chimney. We got strict orders to keep everybody out of this room until the wife of that nut gets down here to try and talk him out of jumping. Okay. Okay, wise guys, have it your way. But my fair sneaked by, and he's up there in that suicide jumper right now. Now, you guys can laugh all you want, but I'll bet my hack that there's a mighty interesting conversation going on right now. Mighty interesting. Listen, you. I don't think Thomas there was going to be anyone else out here to bother me. I just want to talk to you. Who knows? Maybe I can help you. Suppose that I don't want your help. Well, people have refused help from me before, but... It doesn't matter. Just remember what I told the others. If you come one step towards me, I'll jump. Or maybe that's what you're here for. To get a better view of it. No. I don't need to watch you to know what'll happen. I know. So you in a few minutes. And those church chimes ring. You'll hesitate a second. And, and you step off into space. Your heart's pounding. Your throat's so hard you think it'll choke you. And then the night air hits your face. Ice cold. And you grab at that air. Nothing there. You have a sick, helpless feeling in your stomach. You thought it was going to be over fast. It lasts a long time. A heck of a long time. Long enough to bring back every memory you ever knew. And more. You hate to look down, but you can't help it. You hear a scream. You hear an ambulance bell. You see the lights on the street. People running, shouting. They're rushing up to you. Like lightning, the people run. They yell like crazy. The lights go brighter. Down, down, down! And suddenly it's over. And you don't hear the police. You don't hear it at all. I know. I'm not trying to. I thought maybe you'd like to hear exactly how it would happen without going through it. Who are you, anyway? Just a guy. Who are you? Don't tell me you don't know that. Don't you read the papers? Well, not very often. Hey, I hope you're not doing this just to break into print. I've got good reason for what I'm doing. A lot of people down there trying to be happy because this is Christmas Eve here you are making them all feel sick. Christmas Eve. A fine Christmas Eve it is for me. No job, no... What do you do for a living? I was an actor. A good one, too. Start putting on a show here, too, ain't you? Go on. Tell me about yourself. All right, I will. I might as well tell him the time between now and 11. Maybe they told you why they've stopped trying to talk me out of this. They're waiting. For your wife to get here? That's right. <laughs> but they'll wait forever. She won't be here. That's why I'm doing this. I haven't known one decent moment since she left me or until I left her. You're sorry about that, huh? Plenty. I haven't meant good for anything without her. I suppose if you had to do it all over again, things would be different. Oh, what's the use of even talking about it? Nothing means anything. So that's why you're up here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I've... I've tried everything to get her to come back to me. I've written to her. Tried to see her. 
make promises. I, I even pray. Yeah. But it isn't any use. You see that clock over there? In about five seconds, it will ring out the hour. And that's when I'm jumping. Right with those eyes. Why don't you wait? Give your wife a chance to get here. They're trying to reach her. Well, that's plenty of time. And she won't come when they do reach her. What's keeping those times? They could ring any second now, any second. Those seconds are going to seem kind of long to you because they're the last seconds you'll ever have. Well, they're not important. Because my life isn't important. Not anymore. Don't think I'm going to back out, mister. Come on, time! Ring out! Like you've been doing all day! <laughs> you see, I've heard them ever since I've been standing out here. I can tell almost to the second when they're going to ring. But it's like I told you. These last moments are changing all that. The seconds seem like years. Oh. Yeah, but this can't keep up. They'll go in a moment now, anymore. And then I am going to jump. And you'll see, all of you, that you were wrong. That she didn't get here. She didn't come back to me. Even at a time like oh, this. Oh, Paul. Paul. Uh, yes, darling. It's Anne. Please, Paul. Aren't you going to take me in your arms? She's waiting for you, Paul. What are you going to do? Do? What am I going to do? Oh, and thank God, thank God you've come back. <laughs> I... And those chimes. I was going to jump when I heard the man. I was going to jump. I know. I know. I, I got here as soon as I could. And all the while, I, I was afraid I was too late. I thought I was too late for it. That's limited. I've been for these chimes nearly 20 years now. And this is the first time I ever know them to ring late. And on Christmas Eve, too. What do you suppose sent it? other music. Huh? Oh, huh. Well, I guess I'm kind of mixed up. You got me thinking. What's the matter? Do you mind if I shut this radio off altogether? That silent night is beginning to get me back. Oh, do anything you like. Look, look, mister, you got to tell me what happened up there. How did you sneak past the cops? And what made that guy change his mind? What did you do, anyhow? Oh, I only gabbed with him a little while until his wife got there. Listen, I have, I've had some screwy Christmas Eves, but, but this one tops them all. First, there was that little newsboy. Hey, hey, and hey, now... Abby, that man huh? crossing the street. I've known Jimmy for... Look, look out! Look out! Hey, 
Don't worry, driver. I saw it happen. They walked right out in front of us. Yes, you, you did see him, didn't you, Missy? He walked right out in front of us. Come on, come on. Come on, let's get out.
Thing be, before it almost drove me bats, and now all of a sudden I got a funny feeling. I feel like I feel like I'd give anything to hear it again. Can you beat that? No silent night. What a night this is, huh, Mister? I never had such a time before. All them things that happened. I wish I could figure them out, but what's your slant on it, mister? I said, what's your slant? Hey, hey, where are you? I'll be... Geez, he disappeared again. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. From Hollywood, Camel Cigarettes presents the Screen Guild Players. Stars, Cary Grant, Loretta Young, and David Niven. Our play, The Bishop's Wife. Our host, Camel Cigarette. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel. Let your own experience tell you why more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, try a camel on your T-zone. That's tea for taste and tea for throat. Your true proving ground for any cigarette. See how Camel's rich, full flavor pleases your taste. See how Camel's cool, cool mildness appeals to your throat. Tonight, Camel Cigarettes take great pride in presenting the Screen Guild players in Samuel Goldwyn's smash hit, which has been honored with five Academy Award nominations this year. And starring in their original roles, three of your very favorite people. Loretta Young, David Niven, and Terry Grant. The Camel Screen Guild players bring you The Bishop's Wife. Let's just suppose that you were married to a bishop. To a bishop who was trying to build a cathedral. Suppose you saw him growing haggard with his cares, harassed by the petty selfishness about him. Irritable, frustrated, and completely unhappy. And then suppose that suddenly, quite suddenly, he changed. Became again the simple, charming man he'd once fallen in love with. 
Now tell me. Wouldn't you be apt to call that a miracle? I don't think as long as I live I shall ever forget that particular day. I've been out shopping all afternoon and I've forgotten my problems for a while. And when I got home... Julia, is that you? Oh, yes, dear, yes. Oh, Henry, I'm so sorry I'm late. I went down to get our Christmas tree from Mr. Milletti. You remember him, don't you? And I stopped in at St. Timothy's. Oh, it's such a beautiful church, even if it is in the slums. And Henry, everybody asked for you. And I ran into Professor Westridge, too. Oh, he gave me a contribution for your cathedral. Here. This? What is it? Well, it's an old Roman coin. Wasn't it sweet? The old fool. What does he think I can do with this? Oh, Henry. Well, at least it's a beginning. Now all you need is another four million. Julia, please stop being flippant about the cathedral. Oh, Henry, what's the matter, dear? Did the meeting go badly? Terrible. What a ghastly afternoon. Mrs. Hamilton. What a ghastly woman. Just because she's pledged all that money she wants... That memorial chapel for her husband to dominate the entire cathedral. Well, you refused to allow it, of course. I most certainly did. Good. She marched out of here like a wounded tigress. I had a most unchristian impulse to pick up the blueprints and give her a good whack over the mink coat. Oh, Henry, you mustn't let her upset you so. Especially now before Christmas. Look, why not postpone the cathedral a while? At least until after Christmas. That's impossible. I'm to raise even part of the money we need. I must take advantage of the Yuletide spirit. You could only see your poor, harassed face. Well, you're not helping it any. Henry, what's happened? What's happened to us in our marriage? We used to have so much fun together, you and Debbie and I. We used to be happy. We used to make other people happy, too. That was your gift, Henry. You're not a financier and you're not a promoter. Julia, you can't see beyond the end of your nose. The cathedral must rise. I want it to stand like a mighty beacon. I want it to shed its light. I'll save that for your next committee meeting. I'll go see if dinner's ready. Oh, Julia, wait. I'm sorry, dear. I've been so upset. Maybe I can forget it for a day. Maybe I can take tomorrow off. Maybe we can go out together. Where? Oh, just walk around as we used to. And uh-huh. Go and see the professor, perhaps, and then go out in the park and watch them skating. You know, that sort of thing. Darling. Perhaps we might have lunch at Michelle's. Do you remember, Julia? Michelle's? Oh, Henry, we haven't been there in ages. I'll get it, dear. All right. Hello? Bishop Braun speaking. Mr. Trevor? Yes, how are you? Tomorrow? For lunch? Couldn't we make it another day? I... Oh, yes, I understand. Very well, I'll be there. Tomorrow. For lunch. Oh, Julia, I'm sorry. It's the altar committee. You I promised them a week... You to explain, Henry. I'll just see about Dear God... What am I to do? Help me. Tell me what I am to do. Please, God, help me. Please. What I... I thought I... Good evening. Good evening. Uh, strange, I didn't see you come in. Oh, that's not strange. You weren't supposed to. What can I do for you? Oh, that isn't the question. The question is, what can I do for you? Look... I'm afraid you'll have to telephone my secretary for an appointment. I'm just about to go into dinner. Oh, that's all right. All right, Henry. The soup will keep warm. Yes, but I... Now, first of all, you asked for help. I? When did I... Who told you I asked for help? Who, Who are you? I'm an angel. Mm-hmm. No wings at the moment, but... Uh... An a... Oh, no. Oh, 
I knew it. I've just been working too hard. Yes, I know. It's difficult to believe, even for you. You can't imagine an angel coming down to earth. No, frankly, I, I can't. Well, you needn't think we relish the trip. Not the way things are down here these days. But we go where we're sent. There's always work to be done. For example, this uh, this cathedral of yours. It needs a, a... Henry, you do believe me, don't you? You're big enough to know that I am what I say I am. I... How can I be sure? I only have your word. Well, surely a bishop can trust the word of an angel. Oh, I'd like to, but... I'd like to very much, but what do you propose to do? Perform a miracle? If necessary. Well, then why don't you do it? Why don't you create the cathedral with one wave of your hand? Oh, no, Henry, that would be a mistake. People would be puzzled. They'd write letters to the newspapers demanding an explanation. And you couldn't explain it. Because no man could ever admit he's been visited by an angel. But still, I don't... Oh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were Julia, this is... Uh... Hello, Julia. I'm Dudley. Henry has engaged me to help him with his work. You mean you're going to be his assistant? That's it. I'm going to help him get some rest and relaxation. Oh, that's what I've been praying for. You too? Oh, yes, for weeks. Tell me, when will you start? Tomorrow morning, unless uh, Henry wants to change his mind. Well, I do. Oh, no, no, I'm sure he doesn't. Oh, Henry, I'm so happy. Let's have Dudley stay for dinner, and then you... That's strange, he's gone. I imagine he wasn't very hungry. But to disappear so suddenly... Oh, it's just a way he has. Henry, why are you so nervous? 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 I'm not not nervous. Come along, now, let's... Let's have our dinner. Here's our dinner. Oh, come along. Let's eat. Bright and early. Thought I'd get busy while you finished your breakfast. I believe that's my mail you have in your hand. Yes, yes, yes. I was just looking through it. Are you expecting a letter, perhaps? Oh, one never knows. But if I should get one, the stamp's going to be worth saving. <laughs> now, look, Henry, don't worry about this mail. I'll get it all answered and filed and, uh... Never mind the mail. That's work for a secretary, not for a... For an angel. Aha. So you're beginning to believe that I really am one. Well, I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, look here. If you've got a spare miracle about it, I can use one. For what? To get the cathedral built? Well, that's most important, of course. Or to make Julia happy. I don't know what you mean. You know, Henry, it's difficult for me to help you until I'm sure of what you really want. Um, tell me, uh, what are your plans for today? Uh, conference at ten, committee meeting at lunch. At lunch? Hmm. Didn't Julia want to go to Michelle's? Oh, I know. I suggested it, but what can I do? Nothing, apparently. Uh, what is Julia going to do about it? Oh, she's told the maid she could have the day off to get her Christmas shopping done. Julia's taking Debbie to the park. Oh, I wish she could go to Michelle's. I wish she could go with all my heart. Well, if you really wish it, Henry. Don't worry. I'm sure it'll come out all right. No, I think she's ready to skate by herself. Why, Dudley. Go ahead, Debbie, try. Can I, Mommy? Well, yes, I suppose so. Watch me now. Watch me, Mommy. Watch me. See? Well, she won't fall. I mean, she won't scrape her shins or something. Certainly. She'll love it. Oh, Mommy, I fell. I fell, Mommy. Oh, Debbie. She's getting up. She's quite all right. Well, I suppose it's, it's all part of the learning. 
Dudley, what are you doing out here? Shouldn't you be working? Mm, it's almost time for lunch, you know. I think, uh, I think everyone ought to relax at lunch. Oh, I wish you could make Henry see it that way. I'll try. I thought I'd go down and have lunch at Michelle's. Ever hear of it? Michelle? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, it's a lovely place. Henry and I used to go there often. Well, why not come along with me? To Michelle? You mean you and I? Oh, no, no, I couldn't. Why not? I'm sure that Henry wouldn't mind. I'd yeah. explain to him that, well, that we just... No, uh... no, it isn't that. You see, I, I gave Matilda the day off to do her Christmas shopping, and, and and so I have to take care of Debbie, and she... Mrs. Brown? Why, it's Matilda. Mrs. Brown, I thought I'd find you here. I can take Debbie now, if you wish. But, Matilda, you're shopping. Oh, I finished it. I finished it so fast, it, it was like a miracle. Well, Julia, what do you say? I... No, no, I'm afraid not. I, I promised Debbie I'd teach her to stay. Mommy, look. look, Mommy, I'm skating. Well, Julia, any other reasons? No. No, not a reason in the world. Oh, Henry, the most wonderful thing. Dudley took me to Michelle. Isn't he an angel? Mm. Yes, I'm sure he is. <clears throat> and, darling, you know what? He ordered the entire meal in French. He speaks it beautifully. No doubt he spent a lot of time in France. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Especially Paris. Oh. I've had to do quite a bit of work in Paris. Oh. <laughs> and, and, Henry, then we met Professor Ruffridge. And you know that book he's been working on for years? Well, Dudley gave him some new ideas. Oh, not new, really. They're very old. Well, something to do with Caesar and Cleopatra. Honestly, Dudley, you know so much. Sometimes you almost frighten. Oh, in that case, I'm sorry I ever learned anything. <laughs> and and for tonight, Dudley has the most heavenly idea. What again? Mm -hmm. Well, the ice on the lake will be solid by tonight, and you need some exercise. Henry, we're all going skating tonight. I'm sorry, Julia, not tonight. I've, I've made an appointment for tonight. Oh, no. With Mrs. Hamilton. It's very urgent. I've made an important decision. Well, in that case, I... Believe me, Julia, I'd like to see you go skating. I wish you could go with all my heart. Well, now, look. If you're busy, why don't I take Julia? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. And then you could join us later. Couldn't he, Dudley? Mm, depends on how long he'll be kept at Mrs. Hamilton. Oh, well, what time is your appointment, Henry? Eight o'clock sharp. Well, if you could sort of hurry it up. Then... Don't worry, Julia. I will be with you by nine. My dear Bishop, you can't imagine how your change has delighted me. Though I was sure that mature reflection on your part... You do see it all as I do now. Exactly as you see it, Mrs. Hamilton. And uh, if I may ask about the money... I shall instruct my lawyer to turn it over to you. One million dollars. Now, of course, the memorial chapel will be placed... Just where you specified, I assure you. And the dedication? I wouldn't want my husband's name on some little brass plaque. Oh, it shall be incised in marble. Large letters, gilded. Oh, nice. And about the large window depicting St. George and the dragon... Yes? If the face of St. George might suggest my late husband... Yes, yes, of course... Is uh, anyone you see as the dragon? Oh, any dragon. <laughs> we'll discuss the details when the new plans are drawn. Oh, thank you so much, Mrs. Hamilton. I, I hate to be rushing, but Julia's waiting for me, and I... Oh! Oh, my goodness! What is it, Bishop? Well, this, this chair, I seem to be sticking to it. How in the world could that have happened? I have a very good idea. Oh, Stephen! Stephen? Uh, yes, madam? There's something wrong about the bishop's chair. Oh, it must be the new varnish, madam. The finisher should have warned us. I trust I am not damaging the chair. Oh, not at all. 
Stevens, call a furniture shop. Call a plumber. Get some turpentine. Do something. At once, madam. I'll have his reverence delivered in no time at all. Really, Bishop, it hardly does any good for your pace that way. But it's almost ten o'clock, Mrs. Hamilton, and Julia's waiting. If I could only just shake this chair loose... I'm afraid Stevens is having difficulty finding a workman. It's rather late, you know. Yes, I... Yes, I know. Well, don't be nervous. Have a chair. Thank you very much. I have a chair. <laughs> Mrs. Hamilton, may I... May I use the telephone? Of course. It's right here. You're very kind. Hello? Matilda? Matilda, this is Bishop Braum. I'm at Mrs. Hamilton's, and I want to come home. Matilda, I'm afraid you're going to be a little shocked... Will you please bring me over a pair of trousers? Henry, we waited and waited for you. Why didn't you come? Yes, what kept you so long at Mrs. Hamilton's? A chair and other things. Oh, it was wonderful on the lake. And you should have seen Dudley. He skates divinely, just as though he had wings. I can just imagine. <clears throat> well, I, uh, I'd better go up and see if Debbie is covered. I'll be right down. Now then, Dudley. Yes? There is one thing I know. Julia is absolutely blameless. Of course she is. You deliberately stopped me from joining you. Julia had a very good time. And you? Delightful. Of course, I was only there by proxy as your representative. Is that included in the normal duties of an angel? Ah, sometimes, Henry, angels must rush in where fools fear to tread. I haven't the faintest idea what that means, and I don't want it explained to me. Furthermore, I... I've solved my problem, and, and you can go. Mm -hmm. So Mrs. Hamilton is giving you the money for the cathedral. Hmm? So you made a slight sacrifice of principles, Henry. Look at that picture. Isn't that glorious edifice worth it? Yeah, I'm not so sure of its glory at a time like this. Oh, you're not? No. These are lean years for the world, Henry. So many people need food. So many need shelter. That one big roof could make many little roofs. Well, well it's done now. It's all, it's all settled. Came here so I could get a cathedral, and I've got a cathedral. And now there's only one more thing I want from you. Mm -hmm. And what's that? Get out. I want you to get out of here at once. In just a moment, David Niven, Loretta Young, and Cary Grant will be back at the Camel Screen Guild microphone in Act Two of The Bishop's Wife. Offhand, you wouldn't say that an angel, a bishop, and his wife are the best subjects for light sentimental comedy, would you? It takes a deft director to mix these unusual ingredients properly, and the best kind of acting. Yes, it takes the kind of superior ability that can be attained only through experience. Experience is the best teacher, whether it's in making a motion picture or choosing a cigarette. Millions of camel smokers know that. You know, more people are smoking camels than ever before. Yes, millions of smokers choose camels after trying and comparing different brands of cigarettes in their T-zones. That's teeth of taste and teeth of throat, where you judge any cigarette. They compare the different brands for flavor, for mildness, and for all-round smoking pleasure. Yes, experience has taught smokers everywhere that it's camels for rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness. More people are smoking camels than ever before. Experience is the best teacher. Try a camel on your T-zone. See if you don't agree with millions of other smokers that camels suit your T-zone to a T. And remember, 
Camels by the carton are the best buy. Camel Cigarettes now present Act Two of The Bishop's Wife, starring Cary Grant, Loretta Young, and David Nibbett. to come downstairs and find Dudley gone. But of course I know now he really wasn't gone. The very next afternoon, Christmas Eve, while Henry and I were out making calls, Dudley was busy in Henry's study. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What have we got here? Oh, my, Henry's sermon. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to... Same old stuff. Dry as dust. Oh, I think we ought to improve on this. All right, you old Remington, take a sermon. Yeah, that's the general idea. Now, keep it up. Mm-hmm. Fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. Now, you stay with that until you're through. I've got a little call to make. I appreciate your dropping in, Mr. Dudley, though I've no idea that the bishop had engaged an assistant. Can't imagine why he didn't tell me. Oh, well, he's been so busy. Lovely home, Mrs. Hamilton. Yes, I'm quite proud of it. Furnished entirely in antiques, you know. Except the piano, of course. The piano? Hmm? You know, I was just admiring it. Oh, do you like it? Oh, yes, indeed. The piano is my favorite instrument. Uh, next to the harp. Ah, nice tone. I have it tuned every two months. I always say that if you want to get the best out of a piano, you've simply got to... What? What's that you're playing? This? I'm the only living person who knows that composition. Yes. Well, it's a shame that only you and I appreciate the lost genius of Alan Cartwright. You know about Alan Cartwright? Of course. He was brilliant. Killed at the Battle of San Juan Hill. But that was 50 years ago. You couldn't have known. Well, I'm a lot older than you think. Still, I, I can't believe... Now, tell me. Tell me, my dear. Tell me about Alan and you. Alan Cartwright was the only man I ever loved. We were engaged to be married. Alan had nothing, and I was afraid of poverty. So he went away. I never saw him again. I never loved my husband. My whole life has been a lie. I can never be forgiven. Never. Ah, don't say such a thing. You will earn forgiveness. Are you sure? Sure? Yes, I'm sure. Now, chin up, Agnes. I believe that Henry and Julia are here. They are. I didn't hear the doorbell. You will. Oh, but I can't see them now. I won't. Oh, of course you will. You'll welcome them in your usual warm-hearted manner. Uh, Mrs. Hamilton is expecting you. Will you go right in, please? Dudley, you will stay for dinner, won't you? Oh, I'm afraid I can't. I have a great deal of work to do. But go on. You mustn't keep them waiting. Yes, yes. Excuse me for a moment. Mrs. Brown, my dear, how sweet of you to come. And Bishop, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And, um... Merry Christmas to you, too, Mrs. Hamilton. Oh, come now. We're such good friends. I shall call you Henry. And you must call me Agnes. And Julia, you too, won't you, my dear? Well, yes. Agnes. I was just saying to Dudley here that... Why, that's strange. He's gone. Dudley. You mean he was here? I should have known it. Henry, he's the most marvelous person. How did you ever find him? But it was more or less of an accident. It was a miracle. Oh, indeed it was. Why, in just a few moments, he made me understand so many things. 
Henry, I must talk to you. It's most important. Oh, about the memorial chapel, you, you've changed your mind? Yes, I've changed it completely. I'm going to give my money to those who really need it. To the hungry and the homeless here in this city and everywhere. And, Henry, I want you to direct the whole thing. No cathedral. Oh, Henry, isn't it wonderful what Dudley's done? Yes, wonderful. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. Hamilton. Good evening. But, dear, where are you going? I'll be home, Julie. I, I don't know. Sometime later on, I'm going for a walk or something. my stride, but Julia, 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 too, I can't fight back. Why not, Henry? Why can't you fight for Julia? Fight against Dudley? You're not even trying. How can I fight him? He's an angel. Of course. That's where you have the advantage, Henry. Advantage? Yes. Remember? Dudley's an angel, but you are a man. A man? That's right. Yes, that's right. I am a man. I say. Reverend, were you talking to me? No, I, I was just... Oh, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas! Oh, Merry Christmas to you. Dudley? Oh, Julia. I was just saying goodnight to Debbie. I, uh, I left a little doll on her bed. Oh. Don't be surprised if she calls it her angel. It's, uh, it's a sort of remembrance. Oh, you're going away? Yes, yes. I think my work here is almost finished. Where will you be going now? Wherever they send me. Who are they? My superior officers. Oh. Dudley, don't go. I'm sorry, Julie. I must. Look, this last week, ever since you came, everything's been so wonderful. Just like heaven on earth. Dudley, I don't want you to go. Believe me, Julia. I haven't any say in it. You do believe me? Yes. Yes, I believe you. Uh, I'll go up and look at Debbie now. Goodbye, Debbie. Goodbye, Julia. Julia, are you in here? Oh. Oh, it's you. Oh, hello, Henry. Dudley, I have never before fought with an angel, but I suggest that you take off your coat and put up your dukes. Don't you realize that as an angel, I could quite possibly destroy you with a bolt of lightning? I don't care. Julia means more to me than my life. I'm not going to lose her. All right, put down your fist, Henry. I have good news for you. I'm going. I'll accept that as a fact when I see it happen. Oh, you can trust me, Henry. You see, your prayer has been answered. Well, that's not true. I prayed for a cathedral. No, Henry. You prayed for guidance. It's been given you. Oh, just a minute, sir, please. Well, goodbye, Henry. Dudley, if we should need you again, would you come? Not I. I should ask for an assignment at the other end of the universe. Because I was so difficult? I'm sorry, Dudley. Oh, no. This difficulty was in me. Take her in your arms, Henry. And hold her tight. Coming, sir. Kiss her for me, you fortunate Henry. Gone. Just disappeared. Henry, dear, the bells have started. You have a sermon to preach, you know. You'll have to hurry if you're going to get there. Oh, Henry, what is it? Julia. Julia, darling. 
about myself. Stars Loretta Young, Terry Grant, and David Niven will be back in just a moment. According to a nationwide survey, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. This survey was conducted by three leading independent research organizations. They asked 113,597 doctors, doctors in every state in the Union, what cigarette they smoked. The brand name most was Camel. Well, of course, doctors smoke for pleasure, just like everyone else. And for pleasure... Millions of smokers choose Camel's rich, full flavor and cool, cool mildness. And now I know I'm speaking for millions when I say thank you, Cary Grant, David Niven, and Loretta Young for your captivating performances. And Loretta, may I add how happy we all are about your Academy Award nomination for The Farmer's Daughter. Oh, thank you, Roy. Well, it couldn't have happened to a nicer girl. You know, this is Loretta's second appearance with the Camel Screen Guild players in a month. Just shows how we all feel about the motion picture relief fund and its country house. Both largely supported by this program. Am I right, Brother Grant? Brother David, I'll say amen to that for two reasons. I'm thinking of the men in the service men's hospitals who get free camels every week. The gift of the makers of camel cigarettes. Among the hospitals to receive free camels this week are the Veterans Hospital Wilmington, Delaware, the U.S. Army Brook General Hospital, San Antonio, Texas, and U.S. Naval Hospital, Brooklyn, New York. Well, happy smoking, gentlemen. Good night. Good night. Don't forget, Monday night is always a brilliant event in the Camel Screen Guild Theater. Hollywood's greatest stars in Hollywood's greatest stories. Next Monday night, Another great radio scoop. It was a smash hit on Broadway and a smash hit on the screen. That hilarious study of Back Bay, Boston, the Lake George Apley. It will star Ronald Coleman, Peggy Cummins, Richard Hayden, and Edna Beth. Be sure to listen. The Bishop's Wife was directed by Bill Lawrence, adapted for radio by Harry Cronman with music by Wilbur Hatch, and was presented through the courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn, whose latest production is A Song is Born. Cary Grant will soon be seen starring in the RKO production, Mr. Blanding Builds His Dream House. David Niven appears through the courtesy of Samuel Goldman. Listen to Vaughn Monroe with Colonel Stupnagel and their guest, Louis Prima, on the air for Camel Cigarettes every Saturday night over most of the CBS stations. This is Michael Roy in Hollywood saying good night and won't you have a camel? This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. The world's great novel. few scenes of the merry yuletide season in the England of the early 19th century by an author unsurpassed in his ability to capture that spirit and endow his characters with it. 
The National Broadcasting Company presents the Christmas chapters from Charles Dickens' Pickwick Papers. Another in our series of books that live the world's great novels. And so, my friends, Christmas is with us again. The season of hospitality, merriment, and open-heartedness. The time when the old year is preparing, like an ancient philosopher, to call his friends around him, and amidst the sound of feasting and revelry, to pass gently and calmly away. And it was in this spirit that the four honorable members of the Pickwick Club left London to spend the holidays with the Wardle family and other friends at Manor Farm in Dingley Dell. As the Muggleton coach rumbles over the wide open country, the Pickwickians sit well wrapped in great coats and comforters. The two gentlemen to the left are Mr. Augustus Snodgrass and Mr. Nathaniel Winkle. On the right hand, we have Mr. Tracy Tupman, the too susceptible Tupman who, in spite of his experience and mature years, is still the victim of the most interesting and pardonable of human weaknesses, love. Time and feeding have expanded that once romantic form. But the soul of Tupman has known no change. Admiration of the fair sex is still its ruling passion. And his thoughts dwell happily upon Mr. Wardle's spinster sister, Rachel, in whose presence he shall soon be basking. And last, but certainly not least, that gentleman nearest the window, the bald head, the circular spectacles and twinkling eyes, belong to Samuel Pickwick himself, the leader of this illustrious and select group. Now they've reached their destination and the holiday is about to begin. You and I shall treat these merry days as one does a heavy-laden table, sampling the choicest bits here and there, it being beyond our power to experience the whole of it. Ah, gentlemen! As Mr. Pickwick alights from the coach, followed by his faithful servant, Sam Weller, he comes face to face with Mr. Wardle's favorite page, better known by the distinguishing appellation of the, the Fat Boy. Aha! Fat Boy! Aha! Mr. Pickwick. I see you're fatter than ever. And you look rosy enough, my young friend. I've been asleep in front of the taproom fire at the Blue Lion, uh, waiting the coach. Master sent me over with the shake cart to carry your luggage up to the house. Fine, fine. And how is everyone at the house? Uh, all's well, sir. Gentlemen, Tupman, Lodgrass, Winkle. Uh -huh. Here, Pickwick. Here see, see who has been sent to meet us. Aha, fat boy. Aha. Aha, sirs. Welcome to Dingley Dell. Oh, thank you, and glad we are to be here. The fat boy was just reporting all well at the house. Fine spirit. Uh, have all the other guests arrived, fat boy? I should hope, sir. Else there mayn't be enough food for the servants. <laughs> I think Mr. Winkle's interest centers in one particular guest, fat boy. Has the lovely Miss Arabella Allen appeared? Oh, yes, in shiny new boots with fur around the tops. <laughs> the whole group of them is out walking in the fields now. Uh, Mr. Wardle, 
his two daughters, Miss Emily and Miss Isabella, ever so many. Uncle, uh, um, tell me, fat boy, is Mr. Wardle's sister in the walking party? Uh, the spinster aunt, Miss Rachel? Aye, uh, sir. Oh, the young in heart are never old. <laughs> well, Mr. Snodgrass, since Mr. Tupman pines for Miss Rachel and Mr. Winkle for the lovely Arabella, and we have a healthy wish to see our friends, I suggest we walk forward at once. Oh, Another style. Rabbit should have taken a different path. Any style do terrify me. Don't they do, Mr. Tupman? Oh, why, no, Miss Warden. I. Oh, of course. Oh. I forget how brave and strong you are. Oh, well, if I may take your hand to assist you. <laughs> oh, sir. Well, if no one is watching. Uh, only your two nieces, but I see Mr. Snodgrass is assisting them. Oh, yes, my niece. Now, Emily. Oh, Mr. Oh, they've raised their voices. Young girls have such a spirit. Oh, they have. It's quite delightful. <laughs> you may let go of my hand now, Mr. Tupman. Eh? I'm quite safe on the ground. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, pardon me. Oh, uh, yes. Mr. Tupman, do you think my dear niece is pretty? <laughs> Why, well, should if their aunt wasn't here? <laughs> oh, he's not in there. <laughs> uh, but really, if their complexion were a little better. Don't you think they would be nice-looking girls by candlelight? Yes, I think they would. Oh, you swear? I know what you're going to say. What? You were going to say that Isabel stoops. I know you were. You men are such observers. Why? Well, so she does. It can't be denied. And certainly, if there is one thing more than another that makes a girl look ugly, it is stooping. Uh, I also tell her that when she gets a little older, she'll be quite frightful. <laughs> oh, well, you are a grim. <laughs> oh, what a sarcastic smile. I declare I'm quite afraid of you. Afraid of me? Oh, you can't disguise anything from me. I know what that smile means very well. Uh, what? You mean, you mean that you don't think Isabella stooping is as bad as Emily's boldness. Uh, uh, well, she is bold. You cannot think how wretched it makes me sometimes. I'm sure I cry about it for hours together. My dear brother is so good and so unsuspicious that he never sees it. If he did, I'm quite certain it would break his heart. Oh, I wish I could think of his only manner. I hope it may be. Miss Isabella is coming tall. Oh, yes, my dear love. Oh, I'm so afraid you'll catch cold on. Have my silk handkerchief to tie around your dear head. You really should take care of yourself. Consider your age. We shall leave Miss Wardle and Mr. Tupman and look upon other scenes of this big Wickian Christmas. After a hearty dinner that night came the ball. The best sitting room at the manor farm was a good, long, dark paneled room with a high chimney piece. At the upper end of the room, seated in a shady bower of holly and evergreens, were the two best fiddlers in all Muggleton. The carpet was up, the candles burnt bright, 
the fire blazed and crackled on the hearth, and many voices and light-hearted laughter rang through the room. If anything could have added to the interest of this agreeable scene, it would have been the remarkable fact of Mr. Pickwick's appearing without his gaiters for the first time within the memory of his oldest friend. You mean to dance? Of course I do. Don't you see I'm dressed for that purpose? Speckled silk stockings, smartly tied pumps. <laughs> yes, Mr. Pickwick, you are indeed dressed for the purpose. And you in silk stock? And why not, sir? Why not, Mr. Tupman? Of course, there's no reason why you shouldn't wear them. I imagine not, sir. I imagine not. Uh, they're a pretty pattern. I hope they are. <laughs> you see nothing extraordinary in these stockings? As stockings, I trust, sir? Uh, certainly not. Uh, certainly not, sir. Then I believe we are all ready. Let us have the music. Music! Music! I shall start the reel. <laughs> I shall never, never make such a good start again. Where's Arabella Allen? Where is Arabella? We can't begin without her. And where to is Winkle? Yes, Winkle. Winkle. Uh, here we are. Uh -huh. Sitting quietly in the corner. <laughs> what an extraordinary thing it is, Winkle, that you couldn't have taken your place before. Not at all extraordinary. Well, on, on second thought, looking at Arabella, well, I, I don't know that it was extraordinary after all. Hey, gentlemen. <laughs> Dance, let us glance into the kitchen where Sam Weller has engaged the fat boy in conversation. So you say the family has games in the kitchen later tonight, yeah? Always on Christmas Eve. Master wouldn't neglect to keep it up on any account. Your master's a very pretty notion of keeping anything up. I never seen such a regular gentleman. Oh, that he is. And don't he breed nice pork. I'll tell you what, you young boa constructor. If you don't sleep a little less and exercise a little more, when you comes to be a man, you'll be laying yourself open to the same sort of personal inconvenience as was inflicted on the old, old gentleman as wore the pigtail. Well, what happened to him? I'm going to tell you. He was one of the largest patterns as was ever turned out. Regular fat man. As Eden caught a glimpse of his own shoes for five and forty years. Oh. That he hadn't. And if he'd put an exact model of his own legs on the dining table before him, he wouldn't have known them. Well, he always walks to his office with a very handsome gold watch chain and a gold watch in his fob pocket as was worth... Yeah, I'm afraid to say how much. But as much as a watch can be... You'd better not carry it there, watch, says the old gentleman's friends. You'll be robbed on it, says they. Eh, shall I, says he. Yes, she will, says they. Well, says he. I should like to see the thief as could get this here watch out. Boy, I'm blessed if I ever can. It's such a tight fit. And whenever I watch the know what's o'clock, I'm obliged to stare into the baker's shop, says he. But at last one day... The old gentleman was a strolling along when up came a pickpocket and a little boy. 
The little boy rushes straight head foremost into the old gentleman's stomach and for a moment doubles him right up with the pain. Murder, says the old gentleman. All right, sir, says the pickpocket, helping him to straighten up. But when he comes straight again, the watch and chain were gone. And what's worse than that, that old gentleman's digestion was all wrong ever afterwards to the very last day of his life. So just you look about you, young fella, and take care you don't get too fat. And I might say the old gentleman's story holds a moral for nigh everyone around this time of feasting. I, I'm so worn from fright at the story. I'll have to cut me a piece of mince pie to keep me going. When the ball ended, all the guests repaired to the kitchen, where they joined the servants in swapping stories as they sat about the blazing fire and drank from the water. And uh, it is feared that some of the party drank perhaps a bit too much. For example, Mr. Pickwick, who held a conversation with himself upon awakening the next morning. Mr. Pickwick? Yes, sir? Do you have a confused recollection of having severally and confidentially invited somewhere about five and forty people to dine with you at the George and Vulture the first time they come to London? I fear I have such a recollection, sir. Then I consider, sir, that is a pretty certain indication that you took something besides exercise on the night fire. Yes, come in. Good morning, sir, and a Merry Christmas. Oh, yes, yes, and thank you, Sam. The same to you. I'll put your warm water on the table, sir. Well, Sam, is it a frosty Christmas? Water in the washhand basins of mosque of ice, sir. Mm, severe weather, sir. Fine time for them and his wheel wrapped up, as the polar bear said to himself when he was practicing his skating. True, true, yes, true. I shall be down in a quarter of an hour, Sam. Very good, sir. Uh, there's a couple of sawbones downstairs. A couple of what? A couple of sawbones, sir. What's a sawbones? What? Don't you know what the sawbones is, sir? I'm not the least abashed to admit I do not. Oh, but I thought everybody knew the sawbones was a, a surgeon. Oh, a surgeon, eh? Oh, just that, sir. These here ones, as if below, they like the regular sort of bread sawbones. They're only in training. In other words, they're medical students, I suppose. In other words, sir, one is the brother of Miss Arabella Allen, and Cutter is his friend. Capital, capital, I'm glad they're here. They're fine fellows, Sam. Fine fellows. You haven't yet seen them, sir. Nevertheless, I know they're very fine fellows, with judgments matured by observation and reflection, and tastes refined by reading and study. I'm very glad about it. There are smoking cigars by the kitchen fire. Ah, just what I like to see. And one on them, one on them's got his legs on the table and is drinking brandy neat, while the other one, him in the barnacles, had got a barrel of oysters between his knees, which is opening like steam. And as fast as he eats them, he takes aim with a gel at the fat boy sleeping in the chimney corner. Eccentricity is a genius, Sam. Eccentricity is a genius. I must hurry down to meet them. Well, here he is at last. Merry Christmas, Snodgrass. Merry Christmas. Pickwick, this is Miss Allen's brother, Mr. Benjamin Allen. Pass me those oysters, Bob. No need to hog them all. Why, right, oh. Ben, we call him, and so may you if you like. Uh, Ben, 
Huh? Oh, yes. Uh, Mr. Samuel Pickwick? Honored, sir. I do, sir. Bob, you almost hit the boy that time. Uh, this gentleman here is Mr. Allen's very particular friend. Mr. Oh, Mr. Bob Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to have missed out on a bit of humor. No, no, no. We often laugh while eating. Good for the digestion. Oh, I see. Well, I'm honored, Mr. Sawyer. The same, sir. Pass the spice beef, then. I can't. Well, Pickwick, we had might as well partake of some breakfast ourselves. Yeah. Better set to it if you hope to get any. We've got great appetites. Fred, please. There you go. Ah. Splendid morning, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Pass the mushroom, Ben. Ah. Have you come far this morning, gentlemen? Blue lion at Muggleton. Oh, you should have joined us last night. Mm. So we should. But the brandy was too good to leave in a hurry, wasn't it, Ben? Ah, and the cigars were not bad or the pork chops either, were they, Bob? Decidedly not. <laughs> the very thought of that food renews my appetite for this breakfast. Well, take away, Bob. So I do, Ben. Yeah. You know... Uh, there's nothing like dissecting to give one an appetite. Hey, please pop that bowl. Right. Hush, gentlemen. Hey, I, I see a lady approaching. Ah. If it isn't my dear sister. And Mr. Winkle. Why, Ben. I didn't expect to see you. Merry Christmas, Arabella. Why are you here? Come to take you home tomorrow. Oh, no. And the fame of the food at Manor Farm is not to be laughed at. Oh, Ben. Oh, don't you see Bob Sawyer, Arabella? Your old friend Bob. Lovely as ever, Arabella. I'm pleased to see you, Mr. Sawyer. <clears throat> oh, 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 Ben, dear, have, uh, have you been introduced to Mr. Winkle? Oh, I've not been, but I should be very happy to be, Arabella. Uh, uh, my brother, Ben, Mr. Winkle. Winkle. Your servant, sir. And this is my very particular friend, Mr. Bob Sawyer. Cheerio. How do you do? Well, you two look rosy and healthy. I, I gather you had a brisk morning walk. Oh, yes, Mr. Pickwick. It's delightful out if one keeps walking. Uh, to keep up the circulation? <laughs> circulation? Blood. I say, if any of you feel the necessity of being bled, I'm just your man. Right. Oh, Bob's a capital leader. Oh, Ben, please. Don't tell me you're a queasy person, Mr. Winkle. Not in the slightest, sir. Well, I suggest you two sit down and have a bit of breakfast. You must be ready for it after your long tramp. And I insist that the lovely Arabella sit next to me. Well, I... It's been too long since last we saw each other. Allow me. Thank you. Huh. Aren't you going to sit down with us, Mr. Winkle? Uh, yes, I was... Oh, oh, there's a vacant chair between Mr. Snodgrass and Ben. Thank you so much. hatred struck to Mr. Winkle's heart every time he glanced at Bob Sawyer and Arabella sitting together. And when Mr. Sawyer openly placed his hand over that of the fair young woman, Mr. Winkle put an oyster shell and all into his mouth, was on the point of swallowing it before realizing his mistake. He lived on the hope that after church he would be able to get Arabella to himself again. But alas, as things turned out, it was a luckless day for Mr. Winkle. It was after a substantial lunch had been done justice to that Mr. Pickwick said... Now, what say you to an hour on the ice? We shall have plenty of time. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. 